This is a podcast presented by the Ohio Laborers Union to keep you connected to your labor family. This is Down with the Dig. I'm Shella Rupa. The approved infrastructure bill can mean massive infrastructure projects that will benefit laborers for decades to come. One of the major goals of the bill is to improve our inland waterways, which are key to transporting goods and services all over the country. This long overdue project would mean jobs for the Ohio Valley and Southern States region, as well as the rest of the country. Leading the charge in this infrastructure project will be Waterways Council Incorporated. And joining me now is President and CEO, Tracy Z. Hi, Shella. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Now that the bill has passed, what, what is next for WCI? Yeah, so, um, you know, the bill getting passed is the easy part as we look at it here at Waterways Council. Now's the actual physical implementation of the funding and making sure that these projects and this funding is getting spent on the projects in the correct manner and efficient way that creates jobs uh, and projects come in on time and under budget. Um, so what does that all entail? That entails now working with the Assistant Secretary of Army for Civil Works Office. Uh, it entails working with the administration at the White House level and also working with the Office of Management and Budget, ensuring that here in 60 days when a work plan is released, when then a work plan is when they select what projects will be funded, um, it, it, it matches up with what the industry of the inland waterways, so everyone from construction jobs to the shippers to the operators, um, it matches with what we are looking for. So how many projects will this historic $2.5 billion impact? Yeah, I mean, so just in context as far as, you know, how how significant, you know, once in a generation opportunity this $2.5 billion is, is um, you know, under the Obama administration, ARA was passed and $450 million was provided for the inland waterway. So this is about a 400% increase. So uh, from that two point or from 450 to $2.5 billion. Another data point over the last 10 years of funding, which Congress has significantly funded inland waterway construction projects, um, plus that 450 from ARA, we've only received 2.1 billion in total funding for inland waterway construction projects. So just to put that in context, this 2.5 is a significant win. Um, you know, when you couple this with appropriations, currently there's a 15 project backlog for inland waterway constructions waiting to begin construction, are ready to go to construction, have been authorized from Congress. And this will be able to fund about two thirds of that 15 project uh, backlog. So potentially 10 total projects, but also, you know, this will be able to fund to completion the the two ongoing projects such as Chickamauga Lock and Kentucky with both our Davis-Bacon Union construction jobs currently. And that was the next question I had for you was (laughs) what it meant for the two thirds of the capital investment strategy portfolio to be completely funded. Yep. So, um, you know, from an aspect that all your listeners probably care about is, you know, every lock and lock construction project is currently a Davis Bacon job. So that's going forward. So, you know, the core has released two studies, one in the Ohio Valley, which is called the Upper Ohio Navigation Study, which is going to fund Montgomery, Emsworth and Dash Hills Lock and Dam, which are the first three locks when you leave uh, Pittsburgh to put it in geographic context. And that will equate to um, 
21,000 living wage construction jobs. Then if you switch over to the Mississippi River and Illinois River, there's a program called NEST, which is seven locks and dams. So for the construction trade jobs, it's estimated NEST will provide 50 million man hours for skilled building trades. So this is a significant amount of work that could be provided to our unions. How long will those jobs be there? That's a good question, right? So um, it depends on how long the lock construction takes, right? So mm-hmm. back in the 1920s and 30s, when uh, locks were originally built, it took three to six years. Um, as of lately, these projects have been taking longer, uh, you know, somewhere in the 15 to 20 years. I imagine with full funding up front, you're looking at a job site in between of six to eight years of work. Oh, that's good to hear. And I'm sure our Lyona members are happy to hear that. Uh, Which states do you feel will benefit most from the inland waterways construction? Well, I I mean, the nation, right? The nation will benefit the most because, you know, the inland waterways provides a lot of opportunities and it's an economic generation generator for the nation. So obviously, you know, you start down at the Gulf at the interest point. So you got Louisiana, Mississippi, continue up Arkansas, Tennessee, Oklahoma, go over on the uh, Ohio River, Pittsburgh, Ohio. You know, there's 28 fuel taxable waterways states right now. But you also got to remember that uh, if you're within 100 miles of a river, you uh, and you're a farmer, you will bring your grains to the river because it is the cheapest mode of transportation for them. So, you know, it's going to affect about 40 states. And we encompass our Ohio Valley Southern States region in itself encompasses, I think, like nine of those states. So, Mm -hmm. you know, this is this is really a good thing for us to hear. And as we were saying, you know, we hope that the majority of this work was going to be done by union. And now, you know, with you saying that it's Davis Bacon work, I guess we're relieved to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Once you get the uh, go ahead. How long will it take you for the first shovels in the ground? <laughs> Shovel ready, right? That's a, <laughs> right. that's a term that a lot of uh, projects term to have. So I mentioned earlier, all, uh, all of our projects have currently been authorized by con- our Congress, and they have been started going through a process called pre-engineering design work. So the majority of our backlog of 15 projects are ready to go to construction. Some, you know, can go you know a week after getting the funding some will probably need two three more months before you can start turning dirt as a popular word so you know they're going to be quick jobs but there's also some that are going to need a little more lead time and design work Um, a lot of it's going to come down to the way that the administration chooses to contract this is it a design build contract is continuing contract um you know, in the past, it's been sometimes more continued contract. If you look at the Hurricane Katrina model, uh, when the funding was provided up front for that system, it was a design build. So a lot's just going to depend on the path that the core takes, but there's some that are ready to go in one week. So you mentioned there's like 15 jobs ready. What's, what states projects. are those in? Yep. yep. So there's 15 projects ready. There's currently... Three under construction, one's already fully funded. Chickamauga only has 39 more million to be funded to completion. Kentucky has about 450. Then you're going into the new projects, um, which, you know, three of those are right outside of Pittsburgh. Five are on the upper Mississippi River. Two are on the Illinois and a couple down on the Gulf. 
and then also on the Arkansas River. Okay. So just kind of all over. It's not like one specific area that you're starting with. Yep. Uh, and the other thing, you know, there's a study done by the National Waterways Foundation, and it, it kind of really painted a picture for me personally that the inland waterways is doesn't just affect one state. There was a lock outage. It was Montgomery up on the Ohio River, which is outside of Pittsburgh. And one of the areas that was most affected if that lock were to shut down was actually uh, Texas, which it just shows you that this is a pretty national system, um, you know, just not one state affected, but, you know, the jobs will be uh, dispersed throughout the United States for construction. I know you were just recently had your waterway symposium and it was announced by the Corps um, that when infrastructure passes, it will be a generational, a, a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is a... This is an opportunity that the inland waterways and and just our nation as an infrastructure in total hasn't really had since the 1920s or 30s. You know, now it's it's important that we do this in a way where we uh, modernize these outdated facilities so that they provide America with the most competitive uh, advantages that have made us such a great nation. How do you feel this will actually affect? transportation through those waterways yeah so that is an excellent question or excellent question and it's going to significantly impact it uh right now there are big delays at these facilities they're outdated our modern size toe has doubled um these lock facilities are currently only 600 feet the majority of them will be uh upgraded to 1200 feet so what does that mean that reduces the lake times which actually benefits the shipper and the end user the consumer at the end but also you know uh inland waterway uh is the most environmentally friendly surface mode of transportation but also the safest mode of surface transportation so you have the ability to take trucks off the road uh and cut down on co2 emissions um in fact 115 barge equals 1,050 semi-tractor trailers and on average a tow is uh, 15 15 barges. I know when we were talking about the Chickamauga lock and dams that we were talking about the the difference in that going from that 600 to the the 1,200 Mm -hmm. and then how that would make room for those jumbo barges. Yep. Yep, it'll make for a longer tow size, which cuts down on CO2 emissions, which cuts down on delays. But it's also, you know, the safety of mariners is something, you know, in the building trades, you you know, safety is something that is critically important on a job site. It's also important when you're locking through these barges. So at a 600 foot tow, they have to do something that's called breaking. So they have to cut the tow in half, which that puts the mariner out uh, in, in the lock doing work that can potentially create a safety hazard and by going to 1200 feet you're creating a safer environment where the mariner does not have to be out there so just like a construction job site uh you know it provides a safety element which you know everyone getting home to their families whether it's on a construction site or out on a tow is the most important thing that's right that's the most important thing um, mm-hmm. With with other countries expanding their waterway system, does this mean that the U.S. is heading in that direction? Or in other words, are we able to compete? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now, if you look at the American farmer, 
Um, the American farmer is competitive due to the inland waterway transportation system since it is the cheapest cost. Uh, if you go over to Brazil, they're expanding their ports, but the problem is they don't have the natural waterways like we do. So that's what keeps our American farmer competitive. But it's also for break bulk projects, um, energy security. Uh, there's a shell ethylene cracker plant that was built up outside the Pittsburgh region that was only done because they were able to transport the large brake bulk on uh, the barges to assemble in the yard. If they would have to put it together and take it on truck, that facility would not be located where it is. I know that we've got uh, one of those cracker plants that I'm not sure if it is being built or it's proposed to be to be built mm-hmm. in our region. So, you know, that's, yep. that would be important, of course, for us and for that project, too. Um, they plan to bring those... Uh, the the big parts up on the river as well so we're we're eager to see that project in ohio begin right yeah um also is the country prepared to add new ports i guess for like on the inland waterways or as far as the coastal ports Uh, inland waterways yeah i mean look there's new ports popping up every time um there's one on the mississippi river there's one that is looking at in the west virginia uh region right now um, you know, ports provide more access point to land, so uh, transportation and to get to the consumer. So the more ports, the better um, is how we feel. What can a, a, a city or an area like on the river, what is it they need to offer to actually get one of those ports in that area? I think, you know, a very good case study right now is you look at um containers, right? The port of LA and the supply chain issues that are currently going on. The river uh, presents a very valuable opportunity to assist with those supply chain issues. So bar container on barge is ready to go. Um, You know, we're just looking for, you know, these new ports on the river to get the cranes, the infrastructure, the the space to house these containers. And this could really alleviate the, the traffic at the Port of L.A. I know, you know, since the pandemic started, uh, there's been a backlog of everything everywhere, you know, trying to get deliveries for anything. Do you think that that now that this infrastructure bill has passed, do you think that'll make a, a difference in that? And if something like this happened again? Yeah, I mean, the the pandemic showed that Americans love shopping online on Amazon, right? Um, <laughs> and, um, you I'm know, one of those Americans. <laughs> right, me too. Um, this, this infrastructure bill, you're thinking long term. You're thinking, you know, three, five years down the road when these major investments are made. Um, and these projects become operational, it is going to significantly help our supply chain issues and, you know, help alleviate, you know, uh, the downturn from the pandemic. Um, So it it, it might not be felt today or tomorrow, but it's going to be felt in the coming months and years. And I think, as you had mentioned before, you know, environmentally, this is so much better than, you know, all the the fuel and the, you know, the exhaust and the wear and tear on the roads. Yeah, absolutely. You know, inland waterways are the lowest uh, emitter of CO2 emissions of any surface transportation mode. Uh, Just to give you some facts, rail uh, rail transport generates 30 percent more carbon dioxide than barge. And highway transport, so trucks, uh, semi-trailers, 
generate about a thousand percent more emissions than barge. So moving it to the to the waterway gives our uh, opportunity to continue, gives our country an opportunity to continue to lower our emissions, uh, which is obviously a major priority for this administration. Do you feel like that this will cause like competition between, you know, like you say, ground transportation, you know, as compared to the inland waterways transportation? You know, that that's a question that's kind of been um, debated all, all the way going back to the 1920s and 30s uh, when the inland waterways was truly expanded. And from a barge can uh, inland waterway uh perspective we believe that you know it's a truly intermodal system we all benefit each other um you know in one way or another probably something that's going on our barge is going to go on a truck or or a rail so we don't see it as uh competing i we see it as we're working together and um you know that we all benefit each other and reducing the transportation cost for the end consumers well, Tracy, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. It's It's been a great show, and, you know, we appreciate all the information that you gave us today. Thank you for having me. Lyona is looking forward to the generational change in construction. This means long-term jobs well into the future for our members. I'm Shella Rupa. Well, now you're up to date. Views and comments expressed on this podcast may not be those of Ohio Labor's District Council or Lyona. Thanks for listening, and let's be careful out there.